Hello and uh, welcome to Dad and Sons Podcast. Hope you're having a, a pleasant week. We're here to drop down some sweet beats of uh, noise. Noises that you came here to hear. Oh, oh wow, we're really going ham on this. Uh, so we have Liam over here, the, the name dropper. Also, panty dropper. Not as much as not as much as George after this sick beat. My keyboard, it's covered in spit. I don't know who I gotta hit. <laughs> George hit someone. I, I wanna I wanna see that. Can confirm, George hits people. I'll like Whoa. tap my computer. It's, um, not an angry commuter. Hello. Hello. Uh, hi. How's it going, guys? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's going all right. Yeah? I, I, had a, I had a pretty cool week. That's good. I, I, I got a couple things to say about a couple games for once. Ooh-hoo. I, I think I do, I think. But before that, the dad and son's question of the week is what would you, uh, what would be the absolute worst name from a video game you could give your child? We, we have asked the fan audience yes. and got a response from Nintendo of America's Bill Trennan instead. <laughs> an official <laughs> response. We have an official response from uh, the, like, whatever, number two at Nintendo. That tingle. <laughs> Would be the worst name to name a child. Can Bill Trennan do that? Like, go against his company's image like that and just, like, <laughs> say, your own product is the worst name you could name a, a child. Yeah, you can imagine, like, a, like a uh, what is it, a shareholder meeting next year where <laughs> we saw the trend in names for adults naming their sons Tingle from 2017 to 2018 to rise to about 33%. 2019 took a massive hit with a, with a just a meager 12% after Bill Trennan's comments on the Dad and Sons podcast. So, I have a question for you guys if you are looking at the responses to Matt's tweet. What's that? Who is first on your list of replies? Aubrey. Dr. Swoosey. Mine is Orange Vision. Really? How does it determine that? Orange Vision is third for me. So I have Fred, Aubrey, and Orange Vision. I don't even see Orange Vision. Maybe I blocked him. I, I, I'm, I'm worried that I might be experiencing the bubble without me really knowing it. Like, the, the top two people are, are Orange Vision and the Batlord for me. And those are two, like, like close... <laughs> Uh, internet friends, but still real life connections who I've like traveled and and slept in the same hotel rooms as. So how does Twitter know that? Do we question algorithms anymore? We should. Yeah. Anyway, we should Man, get onto these you, names because some of these are great. And and okay, the Fred uh, said Deep Throat, and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> what what hmm. game it's from and i can't is he talking about metal gear 
Metal Gear Solid, where, where Gray Fox calls you and, and uses the alias of Deep Throat. <laughs> Are you laughing at me because it was a Metal Gear thing? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so specific. Also, you saying Deep Throat is kind of weird to me. Oh, why? Not not you, Matt. Just George. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, <laughs> he's like never used it other than ne- in the video game I don't context. Think, yeah, I don't think that's ever come up before. I don't think he's ever said it in his life until this point. I really hope that whoever posted that has the last name of Johnson, so that their kid can grow up to be named Deep Throat Johnson <laughs> or Deep Throat in Johnson. Deep Throat Jones is a good one too. <laughs> you, can, you can get away with a middle name. Like that. Steep throat. Uh yeah, yeah, your middle name is Deep Throat, so your name is something like Steve Deep Throat Jones. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> uh well for what it's worth, I really like Orange Vision's response, which is Jason. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Classic. Poor Jason's. Yeah, I'm talking Poor to you, Jason's. Jason. This is definitely a Jason listens to this podcast. Yeah, I just want—I always like that freak out fourth wall thing. <laughs> that Jason just swerved and crashed his car. Now, right. Jason. I wonder how many Davids we have watching this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Any cages in the house? <laughs> uh, I like uh, Paul Polycarp's uh, untitled child name. <laughs> <laughs> untitled child name polycarp matt what about you um personally or on this question (laughs) no no bring up a new name oh okay okay this is it's i'll do the first one i have uh aubrey says uh zigbar from kingdom hearts (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I think you guys know what that means from organization uh, thirteen. No, Zigbar. Uh, yeah, isn't he the dude with the scar? Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh man, he looks like like someone who a thirteen year old would think is real cool. Yeah, he has an eye patch. And any thirteen black. wants to be named Zigbar. Like it's like that Xbox oh, Live handle. With an X. You didn't say it was spelled with an X. That makes it more extreme. Yeah, Zigbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be Zigbar rough. Zigbar Johnson. Any name from Organization Thirteen. <laughs> they're they're all pretty, pretty bad. George? Uh, run level run level six says weed man spelled W E E D space M A N the Mega Man boss with a video editing weapon. <laughs> From what real? Mega Man is that? No, it's not. Ri- I I highly. Oh my god! I can't believe I'm actually googling this. Weed Man, Mega Man. Let's let's. Oh yeah, there's some video parodies oh, of, okay. of of Snoop Dogg smoking up in in the Mega Man opening cutscenes. I don't. No, I can confirm though after successfully googling it that there is no official Weed Man Mega Man level and boss. Oh. Unless that was an unsuccessful Google. Uh, Could be that. I like uh 
I think quite a few people uh, name this. I think it's pretty obvious once you hear it, but uh, Nick Kastner wrote Ceaseless Discharge. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most Dark Souls names, I guess. Um, I, some uh, of them would be pretty <sighs> badass, maybe. Pocus says Pepsi Man. (laughs) (laughs) Pepsi Man. It's a beautiful baby girl. What are you going to call it? Well, I'm legally and contractually obliged to call it Pepsi Man. I actually was thinking of saying I'll specify if it's a male or female, but I was like, nah. We'll we'll just think of it on our own. (laughs) Takes away some of the fun. Uh, what about you guys? I I uh, really like Sinisterio's response. Error from Zelda Two. Remember, remember yeah. the guy who just says "I mm, am error." error. Yeah. <laughs> no, his full name has to be I am, and then family name Error. Youch. Poor the poor it's child. Harsh. <laughs> I like Brian uh, Palota. His is the the wonderful Dreamcast era semen. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think you can go wrong with that one. Oh. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyo says plain doll. I don't know where that's Plain doll. Plain doll. I'm guessing that's like, you know, like a named child. <laughs> Plain. Oh, no, it's not. It's an NPC character in Bloodborne. Oh, the uh, woman back in the Hunter's Dream. Yeah. Plain doll. Woman or doll. That's, um, that's such a weird name to give. I, I would assume you know. There's some real cool kid on Twitter named Dark Beast Par, and and <clears throat> their response was Dark solid with, with last name in in quotation marks. So that would mean that your first name is solid and your last name is whatever. So I'd be solid weedman. <laughs> solid visual. Oh my god. I... <laughs> solid Jones. <laughs> Solid Johnson. Oh my god! Uh, I'm trying to find. Some people have put down some freaking amazing names uh, and think they're bad, like Solid Snake and Ganondorf and Soul Bad Guy. I <laughs> these are like names children would dream of having. I would dream of naming my child Soul Bad Guy. Someone like put Matt as well, which is uh... a. <laughs> I don't know what video game that's from. <laughs> All of them. Uh, immersion Diversion, uh, brackets, Neil, uh, Octodad. Octodad? Yeah. yeah. Octodad Jones. That would be a pretty uh, twist on things. <laughs> what about Meat Boy? My Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> What about uh, K- Callum? Callum says, The Great Mighty Pooh. 
Oh no. I am the great mighty poo, and I'm going to throw my scat at you. I loved that scene. I freaking I forgot how much I I I bet I could like sing a mean cover version of that with my paratones. I mean baritones. Yeah. Um um <laughs> fragile by Thomas. Fra oh, fragile. fragile, fragile, fragile. Johnson is also pretty good. No, no, that's that's from the the crazy ass video game that all of you guys are are, are touching yourselves for. Uh, Death Stranding, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, what about what? What is the other the one? Most like ridiculous name to give a woman character. What's the other one? Mama or something like that. Mama. Mama. Um, so apparently reviewers are playing through Death Stranding right now. Right this very I second. I don't want to hear a damn thing about it. I want to see that review, tragedy for myself. Review embargo is set for November 1st. Official release date is, uh, like, what, November 15th? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Or is it? That's, no, November no, 8th. No, November 8th. Right? Okay, yeah, I was yeah. about to be like, holy shit, two weeks. Well, that's that's a, uh, usually a, a sign of confidence. Yeah, yeah, I got I got two weeks to, to read the Project Ido novel. I don't know, confidence is a strong word. I don't think, I think Kojima probably wants reviewers to not be able to miss anything. Ooh, it's also supposed to be a big, massively cooperative multiplayer game, so I wonder how that's going to be working out for the oh, reviewers, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, they're going to have to have everybody... Man, it's out there. It's out in the wild-ish. It uh, exists. Sam Rogers has confirmed that he will be writing a review as weird as the trailers. Interesting. I hope it's as good I, as his uh... Dragon Quest Eleven review. <laughs> what was what was the gimmick there? I don't know. It was just a generally really good video review. He was he was like he was loving it. If it if if the game was a lollipop, he was deep throwing it for sure. He, that he was like, he's a big, he's a big fan of Dragon Rogers. Quest, isn't he? That was a review, huh? He's a big fan of Dragon Quest, isn't he? Yeah. Big that, that. Fan. <laughs> uh, are are any honorable mentions? We got we got Ganondorf. Right here. No, that's a cool name. That's a cool name. I don't know. Fuck man. you. I'm going to name my child Ganondorf and I'll fucking show sure you. You'll be the coolest sure kid in the won't. world. I'm pretty sure you won't. <laughs> well, I certainly ain't going to name him Matt. That's for sure. <laughs> Earthworm Jim? Is Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim. Oh my god. Um, oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Uh, from Timo, there is one NPC in Final Fantasy XIV called Meme Rune. Meme Rune. Meme Rune. <laughs> Meme Rune. Really? I. I. What the heck? I don't. I don't even know how to respond to Meme Rune. How could we forget? Probably the greatest of all bad good names. Like the, nothing could go wrong with this one. Bought to us by Nitro Rad, our Nitro Dad. Yeah. Guigi. <laughs> Here is my beautiful son. 
Guigi. Guigi. Oh, no. <laughs> is he half Italian or something? No. Just his name's Guigi. That's a terrible name. <laughs> Absolutely terrible name. Guigi. Thank uh, you to everybody who yeah. sends in uh, responses to our dumb shit. You help us fill time every yeah. two weeks, and we love it. Which which means we could talk about video games for what? Like I I actually have video games. Do you? I'm excited. Yeah. Let, let, let's okay, hear. Okay, George. I played I... a video game to completion. Wait, wait. <gasps> is it is it an old game? Y yeah. Oh. It's, <laughs> oh. it's it's a game I've been okay. been talking about for the past what, couple weeks. I I think I'm I'm. It was like what a two and a half week journey. Anyways. Uh, I made it through the end of Death Stranding. Not Death Stranding. Why did I just say that? <laughs> I meant to say Deadly Premonitions, because they both begin with dead things and have similar amounts of syllables, and De Death Stranding was on my mind because I was looking up release dates and stuff. Yeah, no, I made it to the end of Deadly Premonitions. Death Prem... De Death Prand... <laughs> Deadly Premonition. There's just one. I gotta correct myself with that, too, because I was always habitually saying Deadly Premonitions for some reason. Nice. So, uh, I'm I'm guessing that Liam has played this and Matt has not. Yep. I I have. Okay. So did you did you get all the way through, Liam? Yeah. I I I reconstructed oh the USA. Uh, no no a deadly premonitions, not deadly strandings. Yeah yeah. Good good. Okay. So so you you uh. uh you might I. This is, I can't tell whether or not you're going to be with me on this one. I don't know. I, I think Norman Reedus is pretty crazy, too. Uh, well, well, wait, we're, we're, we're talking about, about de deadly, dead, dead premon, fuck! <laughs> yeah, 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 deadly premonition, right? Stranding part Yeah, two. deadly premonition. The, yeah. the hit auteur Japanese video game by, by a quirky, Kojima. singular creator. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know if if I fully get it. Like the first two days I had with it were damn good fun, but after that, it there's a huge, gigantic chunk of that game that just feels like a, a slog to too play. Many, too many, too many possible deliveries. There's there's like driving controls that I think are worse in the Switch more version. A, like it's more of a buggy. Did did your what platform did you play it on? Uh, PS4. Nice. Um, <laughs> did your version of the game have engine noises when the car was driving? I mean, have you seen the game engine? It looks pretty special. Oh, oh, it looks it looks like a lot of cheap, low-budget Steam releases that get a lot of hate for the press and don't attract huge cult community followings. Don't talk about yeah, the Gorilla I... engine like that. Oh, oh my god, you're just having way too much fun with something that I'm legitimately trying to dance around because I bet my opinion will be controversial. Uh, some Matt, old bad game? <laughs> you might as well say what you feel. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Death Stranding is a game that has, has like a cult following of fans behind it, and I bet Liam's one of them because he personally drank with the drink king himself. You, you literally just called Deadly Premonition Death Stranding yeah. again. Yeah. 
Wait, did I, I, I didn't actually yeah, do that? Did. Yeah, I didn't even notice that time. Okay, I did it. I completely infected your mind. Now you will never be able to separate the two. Just like so, two main characters, or one main character. Which one is it? Matt, how much do you care about Deadly Premonition spoilers? I don't think I care at all. Go ahead. All right, um, listeners, So Norman Reedus and Countryman. Hideo Kojima have a baby. And you have to run around carrying it in your little backpack pod across the, the mountains. Um, it's a bit like Twin okay. Peaks. <sighs> There's so, like, I, at first I thought it was just going to be Twin Peaks flavored, but as it turns out, it's like, I can't tell if it's genuinely just ripping off Twin Peaks or not. Like, whatever creativity this thing seems to have of its own ends up, like, wasted on this, this imitation rather than an homaging. And then when it does break away from Twin Peaks and become its own thing, it's like the most cliche stereotypical video game bullshit possible and maybe it's a time and place thing maybe back in 2011 it was still cool to see silly japanese games get meta aware of how silly japanese games were in the 80s and 90s but nowadays playing it it just feels redundant in a way to me at least i because I, okay i've all First question of, of, of the day was whether or not the version you were playing had engine noises when you drive the car. I can't... I honestly can't remember. I remember... I remember liking the game. I I didn't play the game on PS4. I was just talking about Death Stranding. Uh, I played the oh game my on... God, no I played way. the game on Xbox 360 about... Eight or nine years ago. Oh, yeah. So that would have been right around launch. Yeah, it was maybe um, about a year after launch. I've I've been watching some playthroughs from both the game Grumps and the Super Best Friends, and their versions of the games have engine noises when you drive a car. From what I can tell, it looks like the car driving controls are still sloppy. Oh yeah, at least responsive. They were horrendous. In the Switch version, I I think they're worse. Like I'm seeing them do moves that I was really really racking my my frustration trying to accomplish um when when you were vomiting i was telling i was talking about the qtes <laughs> being too fast and weird with the button placements like there's one qte in the lumber mill level where you have to press the r button and you never do that throughout the entire rest of the game um hey, there's why not? this one singular attack that multiple enemies in the game have where they shoot a black cloud at you and you dodge it with a QTE because it's not programmed with with collision detection and it I at first I was I was kind of enamored by how ambitious and quirky it was but now like after 15 hours of it I can't tell if I'm getting old but those 15 hours felt like an eternity for a good chunk of this game and during the last three hours I just like I wanted it to end and the cutscenes went on forever and they kept the, the dialogue like has characters waiting to explain something really obvious and it's that they do exposition jumps all the time and like if we criticize Kojima for this stuff if we criticize like bad imitative cheap games made on a shoddy engine out of shoddy resources like Death Stranding does with half completed controls and half completed programming and engineering why is Swery allowed to get away with this and so many other developers aren't like why is it quirky and cute and fun when when he does it but not when David Cage does it 
Um, this, I feel like there's a gen... I, I get where you're coming from in that regard. Um, but I feel like there's a genuine authenticity to Deadly Premonition a bit more than other games. I feel like a lot of Metal Gear, especially cutscenes, Kojima's kind of generally just blowing out of his ass a lot. And don't get me wrong, I still enjoy it. But he kind of does feel like he's doing that. In regards to David Cage, he just doesn't understand, I think, human beings, but tries to. How the hell are the human beings in a David Cage game more convincing than the human beings in, in Deadly Permission? But they're not meant to be. That's my point. Is Twin Peaks, you know, an apt description of human beings in the, the natural space we live in? Not really. What is... Deadly Premonition. Well, it's a love letter to Sweary's favorite TV show of all time that he wanted to base a video game around because there haven't been any video games kind of inspired by Twin Peaks. And it's weird and it's horrid at times and it's janky, but it definitely was made, I feel like, you can feel with a lot of passion and a lot of love. So much like nitty gritty details are in there and it doesn't want to waste your time without you mem remembering something at least like okay, you can remember you can remember stupid stuff from metal gear right in the same vein like everybody who watches deadly premonition remember uh, who plays deadly premonition remembers stuff like fk in the coffee and like the the weird cereal sandwich with the dude in the wheelchair gas mask thing <laughs> Like, there's a lot of memorable moments in that game, and I feel like it has a lot of heart to that, which makes it stand out to some people, like Jim Sterling, who gave it, like, a 10 out of 10. So, I speaking of, of wasting people's time, though, that's what this game does that ended up grating on me so much harder than I think it could have cured itself from otherwise. Remember the driving distances? Yeah, they're ridiculous, and all the roads are really dark and everything at night, and you have to actually, like, turn on your lights and stuff like that. It was weird. Uh, it turns out that you don't really have to use the windshield wipers or the turn signals as much as I initially thought, because um, you can just switch to a third-person camera mode, which, which solves that problem. Yeah. So that kind of makes me wonder how much of a sim it was really intended to be. Like, it's clearly an unfinished game. No one's ever argued that the gameplay is great. It's very Japanese in the sense that there's just a lot of stuff in there. Like, crammed in there. And, and none of it feels complete. No. It's like they ran out of time, but they were like, well, let's just try and add some more. It's fine. I don't I don't think any fans of this game have argued that the gameplay is good, but it's the story where where some people get got. And in the uh, the best friends playthrough, I think it was Matt who had played that uh, Matt who had seen Twin Peaks before and Pat who hadn't. And when Pat had gotten to the last final act of the game where all the crazy revelations were happening, he was sucked in and writing it for all it's worth. Yeah, whereas Pat was like, scoffing at what a Twin Peaks ripoff it, it comes off as. So next question is, did you see Twin Peaks before or after playing Deadly Premonitions? I'd seen a little bit before, and then I had watched it after that. But even then, apart from the general nods and the kind of storytelling 
nuance is. I feel like Deadly Premonition is enough of its own thing. The ending I didn't think was the most shocking and revelating oh, thing. Oh, I thought it was kind of bad, actually. <laughs> oh, I liked it. Really? Just... Okay, Matt, can I spoil, can we spoil the ending of Deadly Premonition? Sure. <sighs> Alien demons planting seeds in people's bodies to make zombie murders happen. Yeah. I don't... I. Why not? Okay, so, like... <laughs> Why not? Why not? Because it... <laughs> because it's dumb. I... Okay, fine. Why not? But if it was executed better, then then sure. Why not? But but it was it like okay. So so George is is the murderer, right? Yeah, the and police the two... police officer who had all those like Jesus Christ, like that scene outside of is it the cafe or the church where you see him without his shirt on and he's got all those like lacerations on his back? Yeah, that's that's the lumber mill. Uh... And you're like hour yep. and a half long level this guy is fucking crazy enemy. this is like the cult jesus yeah. christ penance yeah and you're like well this he's, dude's he's also really mean to you the whole game but then tries to come together but then veers apart again and by that time you're just remember when he turns into a vampire in the middle of a cutscene and no one just acknowledges it everyone just forgets about him turning into a vampire for a I minute i forgot about that uh there's a scene where where he turns into a vampire when Diane dies and throws herself on a pointy statue. Also, fun fact, the audio cut out for that pivotal cutscene of, of, a, of a secondary character's horrific, gory death. There was just silence for, for like seven minutes of cutscene. I think you didn't like it because his name is incredibly similar to yours. George Woodman. Yeah, I had to do a couple double takes there. <laughs> but anyways, okay. You, fe you feel like you were just poorly misrepresented, right? Uh, Liam, I'm going to jog your memory here. Matt, you might find this a little ridiculous, but are you ready to hear George's synopsis of how Deadly Premonitions ends? Sure. <laughs> so, so you play as an FBI agent who goes to a small town to solve a murder. Turns out the murderer was the town sheriff, George Woodman. He has two <laughs> stages of a final boss battle, one in which he has a giant glowing weak point on his back that you shotgun. And the next stage, he turns into a super saiyan. His hair glows white. It starts floating above the... the it starts floating above his head. His his he like tears his shirt up and, and fights you with, with fireballs shirtless. And then you find out that it wasn't just George Woodman who was responsible. It was also like the local fat foreigner and Japanese media guy, Kaysen. Um Kaysen, I forget his last name, but his first name was Kaysen. And he's he's this this uh, obese, chunky, big white farmer type guy wearing overalls with like I don't know he might as well have a straw coming out of his mouth, and that's another thing that was so obvious to see coming. He looks like one of the villains from from Dead Rising, like a boss fight from Dead Rising. He looks like one of the villains from Silent Hill 2. If you guys remember the the fat kid who was a murderer who was hiding out in the town, like if a fat white guy shows up in a Japanese video game and and he he looks like his face is capable of an angry smirk, he's probably going to turn out to be a villain. So Kaysen turns out to be a villain. 
And uh, he has one, two, three, four, four stages of a final boss fight that keep faking you out about whether or not it's actually going to end. You find out that he's been planting supernatural magic seeds in people's bodies that uh that that caused them to turn into zombies and kill people and apparently there was an old yeah there was an old military experiment gone wrong in this small town which is also like one of the most cliche easy solutions to dig back to watching movies that that death proof was parodying in 2007 to come up with that one like even twin peaks doesn't get that that stephen king um <laughs> Kaysen is an extraterrestrial demon lord planting red murder seeds in people and causing zombie gas from, from the refining process of that. He turns into a giant wrecking ball boss for one of his phases. During another phase, he, like, becomes a weird spider monster mutant creature. During another phase, he becomes the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from, from Ghostbusters and swats at you as his oversized character model stands outside of a boss arena and displays his weak points to you. Um, you find out that the main character, who's had an imaginary friend named Zack all along, like, switches personalities over, and then you don't know which one is York and Zack, which I think is kind of like a, a cool element of, of this incredibly derivative, stereotypical story getting into the psychological uh, uh, recesses of a main character. Who's I liked video it. video game cliches out of a... I don't... It's, the thing is, I wish there was a way... God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, 18-year-old me would hate me for this, but I wish there was a way to skip gameplay of this stuff. Because I liked the first two days of Deadly Premonitions and wanted to see how it ended, but the process of getting there was a slog, and the ending itself was... Oh my god, I didn't even talk about how another killer was the local neighborhood cross-dresser. <laughs> that was weird. Wait, is that Kaysen? No, it was Thomas, the like oh, effeminate right, cop yeah. who's good at cooking and walks all dainty. Turns out to be it's a cross-dresser who like, kills people. Every, in hindsight, when you think about it, everybody in Deadly Prevention who looks like they could be a killer is a killer. Kazan, George, definitely there's, George. There's a big running monologue at the end about how how you're supposed to shoot your love interest if she gets infected by zombie seeds and you don't even know i okay in my head canon i don't even know if like that's the actual continuity of what's going on in zork's real life i don't know the only way i'm able to really make it make sense to myself is is by imagining that a lot of the crazy shit you're seeing is are figments of his imagination yeah, a lot of it's left open to interpretation. Which I feel like is okay. Yeah, I like I, I do have to preface the stuff with, with York and Zack, the, the Zork stuff, as Zork. The the one aspect of the story that I did think was cool. Him creating it as as an alternate personality to help uh, uh, cope with, with the death of his father killing his mother is neat. However, the explanation that the game gives for him, his father killing his mother, and why apparently you're supposed to click the dialogue option to kill Emily, even though you're not going to kill enemy, Emily anyways, which is why I didn't pick it and had to replay the segment again, which cost me like five to seven minutes. That stuff was stupid. 
Like, what's the phrase? In order to <laughs> something shouldn't be in this world, so you have to get rid of someone you love. And then the dad is like, I couldn't do it, son. I couldn't kill my wife. Why would you want to kill your wife? Don't I, kill the... I don't... Ah! A lot of this stuff I just don't remember. <sighs> Sounds like you had fun with Death Stranding, Will. Ah! <laughs> I, I can't tell... If I was having fun with Death Stranding or not. No, this I might be a problem. I don't know either. Delivering packages constantly can get better. Wait, a did bit, I just say it? I get, yeah, you did. I did. I just fucking said it, didn't People I? People are going to think you genuinely are doing this on purpose, but you are genuinely not. No, I am I'm famous for like mispronouncing and, and missaying th things. Missaying ah. things. What do you reckon would uh, be better, Death Stranding uh, or Deadly Premonition? I'm probably, probably gonna like Death Stranding, but I, I don't know. I, Death Stranding looks looks like it has production values and 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 a properly calibrated analog drift. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know when he runs down the mountains in the trailers. I feel like the controls are a little off when I look at it, but you know. We'll find out on November 1st. When when you read Tim Rogers' trailer for the review of Death Stranding. It's so weird that... No, I was going to say Konami. <laughs> no, it's so weird that Sony is allowing journalists to say they're playing it now. And journalists are saying... that. I find that super weird. Like, all it's going to do is attract really crazy attention from people who are going to demand in your Twitter DMs or Facebook messaging or whatever to know more about the game before or prior and you're going to have to deal with a shit ton of that or when you post a review of the game and people are know, who know you've been reviewing it are going to be like if you give it like a 7 or whatever are going to be like you didn't play it properly I saw you, you were tweeting at this time and 6 a.m. in the morning, you were definitely not playing the game properly. So I don't know why people are inviting that kind of, uh, well, potential pitfalls based around saying they're playing the games already. I, I suppose they are aware of the risks and willing to, to bite the bullet and... Yeah, it's still super weird. Ha-ha, uh... I have this thing early. Ha-ha. I mean, okay. Yeah, when I was a kid, I used to think it would be exciting to review video games early before they come out. But now, like, I don't envy them at all. They're going to be playing the game. Oh, I, go, review, go, go, go. I reviewed Skyrim, oh, uh, like, and I got to play it a month before it came out. And that, I will admit, was exciting. Because at the time, Skyrim obviously was so, like, the hyped up for. And I remember thinking the whole time, like, wow, this is going to blow people's minds. This game is living up to well, it. I can't wait to talk about it. Two, two, two things, two things. Number one, uh, Skyrim did not have that, that live multiplayer element, which uh, drastically changes games from review to playing. Yes, yes. Uh, That's not... And, and, and number two, um, actually three things. Number two, you had a month. These, these Death Stranding reviews, if they, if they started it over the past couple days, they got two I and think a half weeks. I think they started a week ago, so it will be three weeks. 
week ago, three weeks. That's that's not a month, but that's still a much more generous period than I have been given because I hated, hated rushing through. Um, well, if you think three Watch weeks, two, 40 hour weeks, average of 35 hours while well, playing the game. Probably most reviewers, fair play to them, do play a heck of a lot more. In their free time as well to get these reviews done, I think they can cover a good 80 hours or so of the game. Reviewing Skyrim with a month to play before embargo lifts is probably nicer than reviewing Death Stranding for three and a half weeks before embargo lifts because Indeed. Of, uh, you have more time, there's no multiplayer element, and... Um, My point that was that it was exciting. And oh, I, I haven't I... even gotten to the worst one yet, though. What's that? Gamergate had not happened. No, but I feel like you've always still had the crazy people who want to know everything and will bug you constantly. Yeah, but now their their numbers were, like, buffed by four well, times. Yeah. Social media there is, is a completely different beast from then. There yeah, is so the, literally no way that these the Julia Alexander from Kotaku and Tim Rogers from Kotaku are going to get shitloads of hate for no reason, no matter what they say about this game. Yeah... Man, games are weird. Like, just, how did we get to this point? By not moderating communities and comments and forums and failing to act in the face of injustices being committed. <sighs> by by harboring a culture of, of edgy hatefulness and uh, <laughs> encouraging it. Well, speaking of edgy hating... And games that I disliked and stuff like that. Before uh, we move on, I would like to have a brief moment to hear uh, your your thoughts from this week, from space. From from Destiny. Oh, it begins with a D and an E. Oh from my Death God! Stranding from to Destiny. <sighs> Destiny. So Dude. time zones suck. Yeah, we've tried. We've tried. We've tried. We will get there. <laughs> the one part of your schedule that matches up with mine to play this game is your lunch break. I know, and today I had to sort out getting a new phone, which what didn't help. Uh, ugh, God, you, you just said today, but I played it last night before bed. Um, I was hoping I... you were crazy enough to get on after I finished work before recording this podcast. <laughs> Oh man, I had to make the podcast outline, but actually we need to do yeah. the raid. I haven't been able to well, do the Leviathan raid because I I'm, can't. I'm get with you people. actually because back back when Monster Hunter World was out, me and Matt would play that just before podcasting, and it was like a great way to get the juices flowing. Anyways, um, yeah, I, it's it. Destiny Two is as much a mixed bag as you had warned. Yeah, I told you, man. <laughs> Speaking of games where I don't know whether or not I'm having fun, like. That question hovers over my brain intensely when over, over over the days I've been playing this thing. So, Death Stranding 2 begins with a level <laughs> from Death Stranding 1. Wait, are you doing this on purpose? God damn it, no! Ah! <laughs> When you boot up Destiny 2 and you play through that level from Destiny 1, the thoughts going through my mind were like, oh, wait a second, do I have to play through all of Destiny 1 before I can get to Destiny 2? And then you finish that opening tutorial level, which has a sidekick that voices you through with, like, reactive 
It's like a redone part, though. You're like a dead version of your Destiny character. I thought you were dead in Destiny 1, too, and you just wake up in the Cosmodrome. Oh, my God. I I don't even know. This is how confusing this nonsense is. New Light, Destiny 2, (sighs) Red Mind, War, Christmas Iris. I don't know. That opening level of Destiny 1 at least twice, and to be fair, that was a couple years ago. That was like 2015. And what I played a week ago at the beginning of Destiny 2 did more or less seem exactly like how I remembered it. Yeah, but it's very, very brief, so... And it's also a complete tonal shift from how the rest of the game's content is delivered. Well, it's just... Like, that opening level is... It just doesn't help itself. It's, It's all over the place because it's a live service game and so many people are in so many different positions, whether they're playing through transferring a character over from destiny one for the first time to destiny two or you're a new brand new player or you're somebody who's played all the way through you're you're it's not even like mmo bad where you know you're just put in a different zone and you're miles away from people it's like you're all in the same place but characters who are in campaign missions for you and not there anymore for everybody else and when you go to the hub they're not there for you either and people talk about them in the past mm, tense and it's I, it's I, really I, weird I managed to get a group going and and they showed me the little hidden npc that actually continues the story who's hiding out in a garage with yes with, oh my god yes and, and it it turns out that we couldn't that. even start because there were too many players to to do that. I haven't even touched I, that. Like, it's a, like Amanda Handley or whatever, the woman in the hangar, like, fixing ships. So dumb. Engineer Why Grinch would the mechanic? Cindy Arum. Why um, would the mechanic be the person you go talk to for the for the literal campaign quests? Especially when, when you know. open your quest log, there is a quest called the main quest. And it just tells you to level up. Yeah, it's like, go to all of these different planets, then come back and do this. And you're like, okay, what do I do on those planets, though? Where do I go? Well, Destiny's like, well, I don't know. Well, you just do it. Just fucking find, get some XP and unlock the planets. And, and uh, you know, you'll be fine. But, I, uh, yeah, I don't know about you, though, but once you stop playing, as I said last week, it's like, it's fun. It's really fun shooting things and getting new weapons and going to all these cool, beautiful-looking planets. Because, my God, does Destiny 2 look amazing at some times. Wow, it's so good. How how have you felt in that regard? Once again, like, it's a freaking grab bag. Like, the PvE seems too easy, but it's also fun if I have fun guns. And in order to get my numbers... Fun Fun guns, yes, yes. Fun guns. Fun. In order to get my numbers up real high, I ended up sticking with the stuff that had the highest numbers because I wanted to hit that level up goal. And for a good three hours, I was just using two different kinds of three burst, three round burst rifles, and I wanted variety. I wanted vehicles and sandboxes and enemy. But that's variety. kind. Of, that's probably because you would you were being stubborn. You were probably getting guns all the time, yet you refused to change and try stuff. Oh, you're—they're not spilling out like like a like a wound from Borderlands. What? What have you been were, doing? Like, well, maybe I'm not at the point that you're at. No, 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 no. What? Like, what? What is your light level now? What is your power? Well, Whatever. last night was also a different night than the nights I'm talking about. Right now, I think it's hovering just below 800. 
Yeah, so you you should be like overflowing with guns if you're just doing like normal it's quests. Over- and there's, stuff. there's like six options for all three slots, and I finally was able to ch- find a shotgun with a higher number than than the three round burst what? rifles, That's and so I get weird. to use the shotgun where, again. Where, where are you? Have you just maybe done... I'm just unlucky? No, 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 no. The like it's the way the game is built for me. It was like you do a quest, you get given armor, and then I dismantled blue armor and I equipped the purple, and like. It was rinse I'm not and repeat. doing it by color. I'm doing it by um, number. So mm. for the like the first two sittings of the game, the highest numbered guns I was getting were three round burst rifles. Okay. And um, so it... so much of this game is not explained. Like after thirty hours today, the guy I play with pointed out to me that you can hold down on the energy tab, in, like in the armor and stuff. You can hold down on the little, like, uh, white squares that show you how much energy you have available on an armor piece, which means if the more energy you have, the more, like, mods you can equip to it. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I didn't even know you could hold it down to gain more energy, so you can equip more mods. You can pay Glimmer to do that, and I was like, What? You can do that? I was just looking around for pieces that had high numbers in energy so I could add more mods. Uh, like, I, the game explains nothing. It is nothing. You, so you really I, need people to help you understand. If I have a shotgun and a, and a grenade launcher instead of a bazooka and a friend and the crucible, suddenly I'm having a fucking blast. Yeah, I do like the crucible as well. But I've oh, only the played. Great. I've only played that one mode though so far. Control. Like that, I've played like ten games of Control. Uh. I haven't played. I haven't played anything else. I don't know what they are. They're all name things, but it's not like it doesn't have brackets <laughs> underneath it. Like play a death match or three v three death match and stuff like I that. I really, really, really have to pee. I'll be right back. Wow. Oh, I thought it was him like having an orgasm. So yeah, you were saying. <laughs> I know your pee, your peeing made me lose track of, t- uh, of where I was going. But at least we have Matt back. Hello. To, to sort of. I I wouldn't be able to explain what you're going through because I've been playing Destiny since like the first one, but I so also really, don't like, understand I, yeah. what the, the issue is. I guess because I I guess maybe I'm used to it. It doesn't explain anything beyond the tutorial, which, you know, is just shooting things and learning how to move and stuff. It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain, especially now they have the Armor 2.0, which is what all these mod things are, I believe. It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain how to mod them, what they are, what, how to get more. Like, it doesn't explain anything. Like, infusing guns and putting different mods on it like can you buy mods you can't buy mods i find it weird that in the game so far i haven't been able to craft guns it's like hmm this is a What's le- the deal? there's a lot to this game and uh, almost zero percent of it is ever explained What's the deal with quest markers? How come like quest markers sometimes show up and sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes don't, don't. And I sometimes no i got to press idea. the back button to follow them Yeah i don't know 
But I love playing it. I really, really do. I really, really Until like it. You don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm what in it. What is it, do you think? Like, is it the feel of it? I like the... Yeah, I, I just like jumping in and, like, you know, grouping up with my buddy and going down and, like, what should we do? Should we do, like, some adventures down on Mars? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And you go down and you set up the adventures and then you accidentally, while you're running towards an adventure, you find yourself in a public event, so you feel obliged to help out. And you do, like, a public event and you're, like, shooting shit. And there's, there's particle effects everywhere and everything looks cool. And then you get like a new rocket launcher and you're like, ah, this looks good. And then you start firing it and you're like, whoa, this is shit. And you go back to what you were using before and then you carry on with your adventure and you finish the adventure and you get new stuff. And then you use that stuff to complete bounties or all this kind of stuff. It's like a weirdly cathartic rinse and repeat. And it very much is rinse and repeat. That's all Destiny is. It's very, very rinse and repeat. But a lot of the like level design is really unique about destiny i find it to be almost and en- i'm envious of like the depth of which you can go to like the one that blows my mind the most is you know lost sectors have you done any of that george no matt you know what lost sectors are right doesn't ring a bell so on the on the on the maps of like the different planets there are these like Icons that kind of look like little bridges or doorways, that like two upside down U's, and that's signals what a lost sector is, which basically is a part of the map that is like a secret dungeon, and they're like ten or fifteen minutes max, and you go and you fight through hordes, and then you fight a big boss. Oh yeah. But like the hidden caves that or, or buildings that these things take place in because they they can be quite well hidden you would not find them if it didn't have these big graffitied logos on the side of them uh you like you go down in there and you like follow it for a bit and you follow the path and then it opens up and it says like lost sector and then you're like holy shit there's this whole underground cavern system and it'll have like these spectacular wide open spaces or huge uh platform areas and you're like wow this is just a one off spin area that you just have fun in to get some extra loot but the attention to detail that goes into like crafting the depth and verticality in destiny 2 really impresses me at times i love moving around and like just you know shooting shit while hovering from platform to platform and all that kind of stuff i really like it how they I get want you, you bro. both to be in my clan. Can you I be in my clan? I don't know if that's like gonna do it for me. Can you be in my clan? I think I'm already in a different clan. No, you. Can I change clans? Why did you do that? Because I the, the internet <laughs> friends sent me an invite. Why did you do that? Because I didn't want to pick my friends' favorites. Wow. I don't think I can work under these conditions. Um, go to another fire Matt. team. Mm. Matt, will you be in my clan? Yes, absolutely. Matt, are you already in a clan? No, probably not. I solo played Destiny 2. All the way through. I haven't played the new expansions, though. Apart from the Crucible, I can't can't see myself ever being able to play the PvE without somebody else. Yeah, I found it really kind of boring. Yeah, there's something that's just 
fun about multiplayer that makes shit games or at least mediocre games a lot better. Wow. And I feel like I, Destiny 2 is not a shit game, but I definitely can see it becoming more mediocre as time goes on if you don't have a group of people to play with. Yeah. Crucible, though, I could play on my own. Like, that's just a good shooter multiplayer, so I like that stuff. But strikes and all that kind of stuff with random people, yeah, I don't know. It's not so fun. There's a lot of a lot of normies go through there. A lot of a lot of yeah. a lot of garbage. <laughs> all <laughs> of a sudden, AFKing and oh, it's like yeah, uh, disconnecting and all that kind of stuff. It's like yo, I really I like that. I don't know how it works. Like I thought there was like looking for group and stuff so we could do the Leviathan raid and stuff, but it seems like that kind of stuff you actually have to get people together to do, which is tough. Join my clan. Uh, uh, okay. I, are there like any negative repercussions whatsoever for not? Yeah. You hurt me. I, but I didn't even know you had a clan. Ah! You hurt me. No, no, I, I think, I think there's a Discord chat, you know, proving that you knew, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's this is job. like the twist in Death Stranding. <laughs> I can't wait until Norman Reedus turns out to be an alien demon planting <laughs> red seeds, and and you have to shoot him. And the final boss fight consists of shooting him on the moon. Let's 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 move on. Matt, did you did you get I got something for 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 this week? I played. Is that the only thing I played? Indivisible. <gasps> oh, cool! Oh, nice! I want to know about this. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, You're gonna break my heart, aren't you? Indivisible is oh. pretty good. Um, so it's it's, I guess an RPG. You don't grind. <laughs> Let me just which. It's probably my only thing I don't like about it. You can't Wait, get you powerful. Don't like Wait, you, you don't, don't you don't like that? Yeah, because you can't get powerful. You always have to just like play this like fighting Use game your wits. <laughs> mini game every time you like try to fight these bosses that are I wouldn't say they're hard. They could just be a little annoying if you like miss the tooltips like, "Oh, you have to juggle them." Like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, you, you, they teach you a lot of different stuff. Uh, um, I'm only like a, like three hours in. They teach you a couple of different stuff. Like you would have to press down attack and up attack to break the guard. Or you have to uh, press up attack to juggle them in the air. And then you kind of, um, it's like a fighting game. And then you kind of juggle them with all the other characters that you have. Each character, which are how, a ton of characters. How close would would you say the system is to something like a paper Mario where you like press little, little action button prompts to land an RPG hit? Mm, no, I don't think it's like paper Mario from what I remember. Anyway, this one, like uh, you have, if you can, when you're looking at the video, you can see that you have the, all your four buttons and each button mm -hmm. is to a person. And mm -hmm. if you're pressing up or down or just holding it or whatever, um, it will do something different each time. So there is a character that you get early on that can slow down the enemy. So if you press down and their attack button, depending on where they are in your little, you know, 
uh, I guess, diamond, um, you press like X and down, and it slows down the enemy. And you can you can do it up to three times if you have three of those little jewel things. Uh, you see how many attacks you have if you see like how many uh, attacks is under the actual character. So slow down the enemy, um, and then um, other characters can come in and kind of beat the hell out of them uh, before they can attack um, and juggling and stuff like that. Kind of like pushes their attack back because if you get hit a lot in this game, you kind of die <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> and there are some healers as well, but I feel like. At least right now, like the healing, it's good and all, but it's better just to kill the guys as fast as possible. Because like the yeah, but yeah, it's like kind of like a fighting game, which I'm terrible at. Um, it's made by like uh, I think it's made by you know that sort of Evo crowd fighting game community developers. They're called Lab Zero. I think they're a big part girls. Of- uh, oh, is it actually the Schoolgirls Studio? Schoolgirls, not Schoolgirls. Schoolgirls. I know Schoolgirls have like a person in it. They have a lot of uh, cameos. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the team oh, that brought you okay. Schoolgirls. That would make more sense. Which is a lot clean, cleaner than Schoolgirls. Let me say. There's more three D going on in the backgrounds than I was expecting. Um, so yeah. It, Overall, so far, um, they keep introducing new mechanics. It's not getting old. I would say the worst thing about it is like the story. You're just oh, yeah? sucking no in. Good? You're just sucking in people into your brain. First, it's like cliche stuff, and then you're sucking people into your mind, and people are okay with it. It's weird. Just like you two, who live and only exist inside of my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're really good. How can this podcast be real if your mind's not real? I'm able to do three voices at the same time. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Matt's is my Matt. Matt's voice is my default voice, or I wish <laughs> it was my default voice. Like I feel like if our podcast was like a Saints Row, uh, you know, character creator where they had all the different voices, and we looked at the stats. Matt's voice would be, like, the number one chosen every time. <laughs> You're right. I always picked the, like, Cockney, uh, uh, British-sounding ruffian. Aw. He's just trying to make me feel better. Well, he was also the best voice. <laughs> he was like, oh, George is so nice. No, he's just he's just telling the truth. So let's see, <laughs> let's see how reviews are looking for Indivisible. They're pretty, pretty decent. I, I thought. Bum, 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 bum. Ew, low eighties on Metacritic. Gamespot low gave it a seven out of ten. Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> IGN gave it the good old eight point eight. Is it on the Switch? Oh, I'm. I I hope it is actually. Let's it see. has to be. That is a game. That is a game yeah. I would love to yeah. play on the Switch. Yeah, it is. I mean, yes. I want to play old games on Switch, but it's on the Switch, PS4, Xbox, everything. You say it gets repetitive. I wonder if uh, playing it on the Switch helps solve that problem. I I didn't say it gets repetitive. Oh I, no! I said I want to. Sorry, eat. I thought that's what you meant by the combat. Oh no no! It, I mean no! I want to three hours in. They 
they introduced more mechanics. So, I mean, they could they could keep introducing more mechanics. I don't want to say it gets repetitive, and then you know they introduce some like crazy thing that changes up the game. But yeah, so far it's just kind of like the same stuff. So yeah, yeah. like eight out of tens kind of means it could probably go both ways for what you've seen so far. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, I would think. I I think I think the seven is like I don't really like numbers, but it seems about right. Like seven or eight, hmm. like depending on what you <laughs> care about. Like if you don't care about story, then you know it'll probably be a little bit higher number. Yeah, but is you know you know the tropes, you know the tropes. Like oh my god, the village is on fire. You know it's just kind of <laughs> oh no, your home, your cute home village yeah, gets attacked just, by bad guys. So dumb. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> So dumb. I can't. I can't. I play way too many <laughs> to just be like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is this is fine. It's like, how lazy can you be to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. That's like it's a curse, though. The more media you consume, the more it all starts to look the same. Yeah, yeah. I consume way too much, so maybe it's just me. But yeah, that indivisible. It's it's it, it's okay. <laughs> it's 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 good, I guess. The, yeah, I still kind of want to play it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I still kind of want to play it too. Thing is, I just gotta, I, I'm so much more comfortable now than I was when I was younger. Just like acknowledging that I don't want to beat a lot of games and telling fans to like skip sections or just play the beginning, because like, with Deadly Premonition, the beginning is so good. <laughs> But it's still like forty hours long. How long is like indivisible? I can't uh, even though it's long. an RPG. I can't imagine it's that long. Yeah. Yeah. How long to be? Which is probably why we I gotta, finish it. Oh, it has not been reported yet. No way. <sighs> I can't believe that this game came out on October seventh. I thought there would have been more fanfare. The Kickstarter campaign was like super hype yeah, a few was. years ago. It was. It's because it's been so long. Ouch, and there's not been though. exactly like you know the you know the sort of traditional sort of hype build up these days with social media and stuff. That team yeah. was super quiet about this game for a long time. I was kind of like, mm, maybe maybe it's not panning out as well as they hoped, kind of thing. It's weird because there weren't like besides Destiny, I think there weren't any big October first week releases that could have shrouded it over either. There's a lot of games coming out right now. Next month's going to be nuts. Even this month, right? There's been a fair a fair few. I'm trying to... Uh, trying yeah, to we're getting the new Call of Duty in just like a couple days. Um, uh, Outer Worlds is something yeah, I might yeah. be interested in. That's yep. coming out in like a couple days too. And then next month we're going to have, have Death Stranding and... Oh, RDR2, the PC port's coming out next month. So, yeah, I'm trying to... Hang on a sec. There was, like... There's obviously Luigi's Mansion 3 at the end of this month. The Witcher 3 came out on Switch today. The Switcher! The Switcher Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint, which supposedly eh. is It's really garbage. good. Oh. It's really good. It's yeah. absolutely good. Thank oh, you for the that check, That just means Ubisoft. it's my kind of game. Thank you. Uh, Google Stadia is releasing on November 19th. Oh, no wow. way. 
Oh my god, I can't wait to see if this burns or if it's amazing. I hope it's amazing because I would love. It's only to coming play. out in the U.S. though, right? Huh? It's only coming out in the U.S. to begin with. You would know better than we do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything. I don't know. I don't know jack shit. John Wick Hex came out this month. <laughs> I don't want to play that. Yay. Oh, George, I've got a game that you need to play and report back on. Wait, was Borderlands 2 the reason why no one paid attention to Indivisible coming out? Wait, no, that came out in September. Yes, what? And also, it's Borderlands 3. But, I am so bad with names today. What is Actually, the deal? I think, I think I have a game for each of you that you should play that's coming out in October. This is how stacked October is. Okay. So, George, you need to check out Asgard's Wrath. Asgard's Wrath. Asgard's Wrath. That sounds like Azura's Wrath. It's kind of come. It's kind of come out of nowhere, but it's one of the highest reviewed uh, VR games of all time, and has been quoted as the the must own VR game so far. Really? Ooh. Yes, it is a. So like another super hot? No, it's like a Norse mythology based action. I don't know, VR title that's kind of part Skyrim, parts goddess. I guess I'll blow Like, you can, you can, you have a god mode and you can, like, lift monsters and stuff and, and then be the monsters and then fight and stuff like that. But it's got, like, a 9.5 from IGN and everything. Holy. And the other one that I think Matt will enjoy is Children of Mortar. I already played it. (laughs) Oh, you already played it? Yeah, I yeah, beat the big it. discussion chunk on it. Yeah, I beat it. It's Wait, good. Was I, That's a good game. Was I vomiting? <laughs> I I think you might have been vomiting. Well, there you go. See, at least I knew what my boy likes. Yeah, man. It was good, man. <laughs> the pixel there art was good, man. There you fucking go. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah the, the, the voice acting is probably... Like the voice acting, the story—that's that's probably what kept me intrigued because I'm not usually in for roguelikes. I don't like roguelikes, but I end up playing them because it's like the only thing that's good around here these days. It's like people just <laughs> make roguelikes for some reason and they make them good. It's like, all right, I guess I'll just play another roguelike. Yeah, but yeah, it was good. It was good. I nice. what happened to the? Where's that that game that looks like Fallout? Something Wilds. Yeah, the outer outer, outer, outer worlds. worlds. Okay. No, no outer, outer worlds is different yeah. from outer yeah, worlds. Oh my I know. god! That's why I keep getting them confused. It's Fuck, the twenty fifth. People need to name games better. Yeah, <laughs> the twenty fifth. The twenty fifth. That that seems interesting, right? That, that could be a good the older October one. The older you get, the more names just start to sound the same. <laughs> I think there was a I think there was a preview for the outer worlds from most places yesterday, and supposedly it's looking pretty good. There's sixty seconds. They're, they're appealing to uh, uh, Fallout New Vegas fans, which is an infamously buggy, glitchy game. Yeah. So I'm wondering how how well everyone's threshold for jank is going to be when this comes out, and if Obsidian is going to be keeping up the Obsidian jankiness tradition that, I don't know, between you and me, like the Pillars of Eternity releases were like smooth and polished and fine, but I think I'm going to do them. Maybe Baldur's Gate. Because Pillars of Eternity, I don't know, man. I never got through it. I mean, I, 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 I can feel that. It's just uh, the 
The game managed to capture your mouse cursor correctly without having to install mods is the difference between that and Fallout New Vegas. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I've said my piece about Deadly Premonition, right? But that goddamn ukulele song with the whistling is... It's, it's been in my head for, for weeks. Weeks. How long has it, it took you that long to be? Yeah, about a couple, couple weeks, two and a half weeks, couple, multiple weeks, more than one week. <laughs> I would like to see how your day goes, George. <laughs> I I have like a tight schedule. It's like work, play, going out, you know. I, I wish I went out more, but <laughs> I, I I told I I told you the the deets. Yeah, I gave you all yeah. the all the juicy bits. Uh, well, before we we keep going down holes of of unrelated things, listeners aren't going to know about. Um, <laughs> we should take a break and move on to the news. News or more of my juicy bits drip into the the podcast. <laughs> I just had some juicy bits. <laughs> no. Say you're going to buy a CD player and you're thinking. <laughs> but then you hear about the next generation CD player. It's called CDI and it works with your TV to bring you the ultimate movies, games, and family entertainment. Awesome. Awesome is right. Awesome sound. Awesome pictures. Awesome choices. CDI, tell a friend. CDI, kid, huh? Now get into CDI starting at $2.99 with $200 of free software. Hello and welcome back to Dad and Sons after a slight pee break and a slight look on uh, dategamers.com, right, George? What? That's a thing? <laughs> no, that's not a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll put my pants back on. <laughs> Um, but what is a thing is the news. <laughs> you really, really got me with that one. <laughs> so remember how last week we talked about China? Uh, when do we not talk about China? <laughs> I know, right? Jesus Christ. Is that our fault or is that China's fault? I'm not really sure at this point. It's 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 China's fault. Um, yeah, I, I guess in in this situation, there's a pretty pretty clear antagonist, at least, is in, in terms of how the news is presented to us. Uh, there's been a follow-up from last week's China news in the video game world where uh, Blizzard got roped into the controversies over uh, increasingly dire protests over whether or not people in Hong Kong are going to get extradited to mainland China after committing crimes, and along with five other demands which include democracy and votes. Um, Blizzard banned a Hearthstone... Str- Esport athlete uh, stripped them of their winnings after speaking out during an interview in support of the protests. 
the rule being cited as being broken was that the conversation was being directed away from the game towards towards real life political issues and for some reason the two casters who were doing the interview at the time got punished as well the backlash over that was immense it's absolutely dominated whatever social media you probably follow for the past week when when looking up on game news uh there's a lot of fan artwork depicting may as a pro hong kong protester now like uh Kind of a, a a a real incendiary, sadder version of um, the invention of Bowsette last year. Blizzard has responded to their banning this streamer and the two streamer casters doing the interview, or banning the e-athlete and the two casters who are doing the interview. Blizzard has responded to the controversy by softening their punishments while still kind of keeping them punished <laughs> yeah they released a statement on their hearthstone blog saying quote every voice matters and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves however the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where all are welcome no fuck you fuck off so so now people the hong kongers don't feel welcome though but I guess also the mainland Chinese would would have not felt welcomed. Is that the idea? Like, I don't... What do they have to lose in the event that the two systems, one country situation remains the case up till 2040s? Wait, like as in What's Hong the stake Kong? for the mainlanders? No, we, we all know what Hong Kong has to lose. But compared to how their standard of life and the rights that they currently enjoy exist on the mainland... What did they have to lose if Hong Kong gets their way? Uh, the it looks like it makes China look weak. So I guess Blizzard has massive amounts, something like half a billion Hearthstone players in China who they didn't want to feel look weak by having a a Hearthstone esports athlete speak out in protests of something their government's not in support of. Uh, quote, when we think about the suspension, six months for Blitzchung is more appropriate. We now believe he should receive his prizing. With regards to the casters, remember their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament. That didn't happen here, and we are setting their suspension to six months as well. The specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear, our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, how can you talk such ass? Like, for <laughs> real. Like, how can you just blatantly say something like that when you just know full well you are talking out of your ass? What I'm suspecting is that no officials in China made them do this. So much as the officials crunched the numbers and realized, holy shit, if we take a hit from our Chinese audience, that's going to affect our bottom line. Yeah, no doubt. That's why so it's such it's not, ass. It's thing. not that their personal relationships in China had an influence. It's their impersonal business trends in China. Yeah, but Tencent, that, uh, Tencent own a stake in Blizzard. Oh, geez. They own a stake in... They own Riot, too, which, which yeah. we'll be getting to in a hot minute. Well, they yeah, they own a lot of... Well, and they own, Epic. They own a lot of shares in a lot of video game companies. It's uh, it's it's been very, a very strange ride 
watching watching the the dominance of the western superpowers become economically threatened by the dominance of china's economy power it's pretty mad to think about how many companies tencent have just started to own over the past two three years nobody knew who tencent really was well especially western video game audiences uh even in asia until you know the in recent times, definitely like only since League of Legends got popular, I think. So the question is, how long will it last? Blizzard has canceled an event in New York City at the Nintendo Superstore that was uh, going to be a promo for the Switch port of Overwatch. They were going to have some voice actors doing meet and greets with fans. That has now been canceled. It was scheduled for October 16th. They have not officially released a statement explaining why. However, social media groups have popped up planning to protest the event, and there is at least one fan group that is actively organizing a protest outside of BlizzCon this year. They're uh, going to be trying to do some picket lines. Um, I mean... Demands include that Blizzard release a statement in support of Hong Kong and make a My Hong Kong protester costume, <laughs> which seems not likely. It's uh, it's tough. Well, it's not hey, tough. Uh, it's very simple to not say dumb shit like our business, uh, nothing to do with our business in China. Or just let the streamer say his piece. Let the interviewers continue on and rush it out and not make a fuss out of it. And no one would have probably noticed. <sighs> the, the Streisand effect is is totally a real thing i am i am intimately familiar with the process any any further comments or suggestions gentlemen nope next up we have riot games who are also owned by tencent <laughs> it's the tencent power hour they're spending all that Tencent League of Legends money on some new projects, finally, after a year of making one game and hiring a, a shitload of people for it. One a year. year. Oh, ten years, ten years, sorry. My one bad, my year. Bad. See, I was thinking of numbers that begin with one, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Did Liam, correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever you are at a gaming industry event... Yeah. How often do you not see a riot hiring booth? Um, I don't know. I'm really noticing. It's weird because riot, you know, League of Legends came out in 2009. That's super, super early for the convention runs we have now with like 8,000 packs a year and E3 and Gamescom and stuff like that. So riot haven't really, other than you know hiring people or recruiting. I've never had to be present at any of these events. So it's going to be interesting to start seeing Riot booths appearing, demonstrating new games. I, I can't say I've seen them at the fan events like, like MAGFest, but I have totally seen Riot literature scattered around the three GDCs I've been to. Like, I'm, yeah, they were everywhere out there in California and in Gamescom in Germany, too. Well, there they have was, uh, they have studios in Germany and Ireland and L.A., so, yeah, it would make sense. And now they're doing stuff with them. With, with all those studios they've acquired and people that they've hired, they're making games that aren't League of Legends. They had a 10-year 
anniversary stream the other night where they have announced a number of projects, like a good chunk. Uh, first up on the docket, we got Project A, a tactical FPS that in gameplay footage looks kind of like, like Overwatch, but with the aesthetics of Dirty Bomb. It's the one project on their list that all run the gamut of the competitive multiplayer spectrum, but it's the one that does not take place in the League of Legends universe. And this one, they're going to try to branch out, make some new lore for it. Uh, there is also Project L, a fighting game, which takes place in the League of Legends universe. You can, you can watch, like, Jinx beat people up in some teaser footage they've put out. The fan speculation is that this Project L is going to be headed up by the Rising Thunder team, who Riot acquired in 2016, and if you remember, Rising Thunder was a fairly well-received 2016 fighting game that um, I think had some early access release before it got scooped up by, by Riot. The idea was to make a, a fighting game um, fun and casual for a, a more lightweight audience that, that doesn't want to do complicated inputs. Um, some studios have tried that over the years, but if anything, I would imagine that a company like Riot or Blizzard would actually manage to bottle that lightning. That's their shtick. There is something that is simply codenamed at the moment, Arcane, which uh, doesn't have much specifications, just a kind of cinematic looking cutscene trailer. I... I guess the implication is, among all the projects they've released so far, this is the one that looks the most like a single-player cinematic adventure. Which uh, is funny, isn't because it, I... Isn't it an animation... Is it a game? I thought it was like an actual just animated oh, wait, shit. series. No, you're right. I was looking at the wrong bit of news. Arcane is the animated series in the League of Legends universe. That they're actually making in-house. They're not outsourcing it to an animation studio or a production studio. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's neato. That sounds like a good way to spend millions upon millions of dollars. Because <laughs> uh, that way you know it's going to be made by the people who care. And they definitely have the money to probably reach a pretty technically sound level of, of execution with all that League of Legends money they've been accruing for a decade. Man, ten years of League of Legends. That is crazy. And I guess the idea is they're going to see which one of these ideas stick and then stick with it for 10 years more. Yeah. Fair uh, play to them. Yeah. If you're going to wait this long and then have like a just a <laughs> slew of new games and be like, well, we're going to be as dedicated as we have been. And, and they're all different genres, too. Last on the list is Legends of Runeterra, which which is the... I'm, I'm assuming this is the League of Legends universe based on some of the, the artwork and characters I'm seeing here. Uh, they're doing a, a trading card game. Yeah, a multiplayer competitive trading card game. No, um, don't do that. Don't. Matt, you like those, right? No, don't do that. I don't. I don't. I kind of wanted to play it. After watching footage of it, I was like, ooh, it's Hearthstone and, and like Gwent with champions. I want to play this. <sighs> I don't know. Like every time someone tries to do a card game, it never works. Though everyone just goes back to playing Hearthstone. And Magic: The Gathering Arena's got like. Well, yeah, that's Magic. Magic's been around since. Magic. <laughs> I like how you said magic. that. Magic. That's Magic. It's been around for ages, man. That's never for going eternity. away. Eternity. Yeah, it's never going away. It's like you think D and D is going away. It's just like it's not going away. It's just it's there forever. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. 
One thing I'm really, really interested in is a like solid, no nonsense, totally plausible and reasonable explanation behind why they waited a whole decade before um, beginning up these new projects. Like one thing that always struck me is so weird is that Riot has so many employees, but they've only been making and maintaining one game this whole time. But now we know, oh, they've been working on like four or five other projects at the same time. I mean, this game is massive. It's a worldwide phenomenon, so... Even then, it seems like a comparatively, or at least seemed uh, like a comparatively big company for for one project. Um, they got in touch with the Washington Post, set up some interviews. I don't know if I'm satisfied with the quotes, though. Mark Merrill, co-founder of Riot Games, says, We have the benefit of being able to be long-term. We don't have to go push out a product to meet some quarterly deadline or revenue target or whatnot. Merrill said that the long gap before Riot's new offerings has been due to a confluence of factors, including a constant evaluation process in light of ongoing development in the rapidly evolving video game industry. <laughs> Which I guess makes it funny that they don't have a battle royale on this list, huh? Yeah, definitely don't um, do that. That's, that's, that's worse than the card like game. Like, if they've been, been waiting 10 years to uh, see which genres flash in the pan and which ones stick around, I... And, and well, they're also like trying flash in the pan stuff too, like like a TCG. Well, I, I don't, don't know. TCG feels like it has a little more footing than a battle royale over these years, actually. Yeah. I feel like the shooter, from what I looked at, it was like they were definitely going for the Overwatch Counter Strike hybrid that could potentially and, k like destroy the world. And since they're calling it a tactical FPS, I'm assuming it's gonna be more Counter Strike than Overwatch. It did look very... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It does it look like look a Counter-Strike Overwatch. Sorry, I'm just coming in because my client keeps calling me. But this looks good. Hi, client. Yeah. We... Hello. <laughs> he can't say hi. <laughs> <laughs> this, it, it does look like... It looks good, though. It, it could be a it thing. It does look good, though. It, it does, does actually look good. Yeah. <sighs> I, I, okay, never I, mind. I just saw I just the mate stuff. Eye for these I just saw the mate stuff. The mate stuff took me out of it. <laughs> the the aesthetics they they just kind of look kind of flat to me, but they also look clean and appealing. And I don't know, Overwatch I feel strikes me the same way. Like it's not technically impressive. It's all art and character design, which is fine. But as as a kid, like growing up in the nineties, I I'm, I'm used to seeing hot new games be kind of tech demos at the same time and that those days have really gone away and i just need to wake up and live in the real world don't don't i i mean they you know they're probably gonna do what they always do you know they they shoot shoot the spaghetti to the wall see what sticks and they develop on that right one thing that that also rubs me the wrong way is that a lot of language of the two and a half minute trailer they put out is more about technical issues than gameplay and mechanics and art and world it's like uh the lady trying to explain how they do lag compensation yeah, uh, yeah but they understand the audience they understand who's gonna play that says, game we no keep one's... hearing buzzwords like dedicated servers no dedicated servers is not a buzzword i it's a very specific term that refers to a bit of software you run on a machine that gets other people to connect to it well it's just a lot more than that but i understand your point but you know they know their audience you know they're not stupid right they're one of the biggest esports 
you know, conglomerates in the world. They're playing a very corporately tested hype game of like not saying what the real names of these things are which might not have even been decided yet at this point even though they're also Most showing off gameplay footage not been decided project a a video about a. lag compensation in an fps game it's this is this is this is what i'm doing with my life <laughs> do you know what do you know what excited me the most is like a former league of legends I don't want to say addict, but definitely like recovering player. Yeah. League of Legends Mobile actually excited me to have like mini League of Legends specifically designed, not like a crummy, terrible port that doesn't work well, but a, a fully ground up designed version of the game for mobiles. And I looked at it and I was like, this actually looks pretty smart. They've done a lot to take the core game and put it on mobile. It looks pretty decent. How it, it will uh, actually play, I don't know, but we'll find out. Uses a mouse for, for most stuff, so I could I could picture it if the buttons are big and chunky enough for your fingers. It's uh, it's more about like precision for you know last hitting minions and stuff like that, well creeps and all that kind of stuff. It's uh tough to transition that kind of thing but obviously vainglory and there are other mobile uh mobas i feel like if anybody's gonna do a pretty sweet port of a moba game it's gonna be riot oh god this stuff's gonna be so popular in china isn't it yeah that's why (laughs) oh if the trade stays open at least yeah you know it will all right, let's move on to audience questions, unless unless you've got any other pressing concerns. Pressing concerns at dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Press your, your pressing concerns. Press, press your concerns now. I, I am very appreciative of the first question I have for us this week from, uh, from an email handle that is simply pro, nothing else, P-R-O, that's it. Who would win one billion lions or one of every Pokemon? Wait. Against who? The lions? Each other. One billion lions on one side of the arena, one of every Pokemon on the other. Who would win? One of every Pokemon. You think so? Yeah. Some of them are Mm. literal god deities. You've got a point, but one billion is a lot of lions. Like, yeah, that's like but I feel one like one fifth of the human population. I feel like one ground on earthquake could probably take out like a good million of them. Well, even then, you got like what a thousand more to go once you take out that first million. I don't know. Maybe I need to take my my Windows yeah, that's calculator just, that's, out. That's just one Pokemon. One, two, three, four, five, six. How many billion? How many zeros is one billion? One billion. Um. Those. Three, six, nine zeros. Holy shit. Okay. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Divided by, you said one million is how much a, a ground pound earthquake attack could take out? I would imagine a ground pound ground on. Ground on. Don't make All me. All right. Divided by one, one, two, three, four, five, six. You would need, yeah, you would need to do that attack 1,000 more times. To, yeah, but to you kill have almost 1,000 Pokemon. And there are other Pokemon that have more powerful attacks. 
Well, the Pokemon who have real weak attacks aren't going to be contributing as much as those. I mean, it might come close. No, I know, but the other Pokemon... I'll give you some credit. I bet it would be a very exciting match with a lot of choke points. But I ultimately think the Lions are going to win from their numerical advantage. Like, they're just going to straight up Zerg rush the Pokemon. I don't know. I don't think so. Matt, what are you Matt, picturing here? We didn't ang- we didn't You've been silent. Won the very Pokemon. Thanks, you too? Man. See? Yeah, I mean, they're no, lions. It's, they're, they're, it's Pokemon no have powers. But there's a billion. Yeah, I, so I could. Don't get me wrong. Don't. I could easily imagine Mewtwo, like, snapping his finger and a and hundred of them just disappear. I could not imagine him having one Mewtwo having the energy and the patience to keep that up for as long as it would take to get through a billion lions. You know, I I get that. I get that. But I, I don't know. Like. How many trees are on Earth? I feel like a billion oh, lines a would trillion. trip over each other. It'll just be what easy pickings. What is there a billion of? <laughs> Imagine, uh, like, just just the legendary Pokemon would just, like, go around destroying everything. There's no way a billion lines would ever catch every Pokemon. I, Maybe some just, of the weaker ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Maybe the grass I just Pokemon. I'm picturing Mewtwo getting surrounded on all sides <laughs> for like thirty minutes of constant rushing and not being able to fend off one billion of these lions. Yeah. Imagine Jigglypuff just. <laughs> oh, Jigglypuff's gone. No, she's just gonna sing. She's gonna. She I don't know do what her radius like is in Super for her Smash powers, Brothers but and fuck up like actually, four lions. I think I think I I'm steering closer to your side here because Jigglypuff could just fly to the top of a tree. Yeah. Wait, but no, a billion lions could probably crowd up and, and knock it down. But they're gonna be asleep. Hmm. She just keeps singing. Would they be? Would they be smart enough to? She couldn't put a billion lions to sleep. Like some right. lion would would catch her on on the cooldown. I definitely think some of the Pokemon are way smarter. You know, based on the cartoon. Then lions. Then I mean, lions. Mewtwo. And... Mewtwo has basically a human brain. Yes. So it'll be like a human killing with powers, oh, killing no. all of them. He... Okay, okay, and yeah. Mewtwo billion... can control the other Pokemon, like, telepathically and tell them to do their most powerful moves. If somehow <laughs> some incredibly anti-instinctive herd mentality kicks in and lions work together to solve problems, a billion lions could knock down a tree, maybe even knock down a door, get in a building. Could a billion lions, though, a- attack Pokemon who are in the water? Would they? Would those Pokemon be safe? Probably. Because like I don't, I can't, I can't imagine. Oh God, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm on the Pokemon side because I could not imagine even a billion lions being able to chase down a Gyarados like swimming across the ocean. See, that was easy. Yeah, there we go. Just had to think of Gyarados. I could think of a billion lions taking on a Mewtwo, but not a Gyarados. Yeah. No way, Mewtwo is fucking up. Yeah, he'll just fly away and restore his pee-pee, yeah. Well, Mewtwo would get tired eventually and have to come down, right? <laughs> At which point the billion lions or however many are left could just keep lions rushing. Lions can't climb mountains. <laughs> they can't climb every well, they mountain. They can climb on top of each other. <laughs> you think lions are smart enough for that? I don't know what a billion lions are going to do if you all put them in a room and give them a goal. Yeah, a billion whatever. <laughs> if they're dumb, they <laughs> then they're not going to be able to do anything. Uh, let's see. How many... How many lions 
exist. <laughs> Twenty thousand. That's it. Wait, those what? lions are going to need to do some. Wait, some... what? It it said twenty thousand on Google when I typed in the question. Oh my god, that's hor that's horrifying. That is pretty horrifying. That twenty thousand oh is pretty easy to uh, extinct, especially the way things have been going lately. I have god, twenty times only more 20, subscribers. Only twenty thousand of one of the most recognizable animals in the world left. Yeah, and there's so Terror many humans. There's so many humans. That's really. It's weird. gonna be so weird when archaeologists in the future like find no it's not they're gonna know what happened they're gonna know why why the lion is on the mgm logo but not that far in the remains yeah <laughs> fuck that is terrifying that is pretty bad that is really bad i mm. Mm. they used to live in greece too when uh when i was in greece there were oh yeah lions everywhere there were statues and lion and bones of, mm -hmm. of lions <laughs> And then when you read uh, the Odyssey and the Iliad, he, uh, they talk about lions. So, I, I swear we have a ton of questions with the same-ish name, but different. Rick the Nick sounds hmm. so familiar. We've Slick done a, a, Rick, few, a few Rick the Nicks before. Rick the Jick? Chick the Hick? We've 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 uh, encountered him, uh, them, it, it, the Rick of the Nick. <laughs> Rick the Nick says, "I was recently watching the new Down the Rabbit Hole video about Wings of Redemption, and it got me reminiscing about that era of YouTube gaming communities and their associated drama." My question for you is, do you have any memories of the gaming communities at that time? I'm thinking primarily on YouTube when Machinima reigned supreme and billions would hold contests for all of the Call of Duty YouTube commentators. If that wasn't necessarily your niche, what early online gaming community memories do you have and for what games? Machinima. Man. Machinima. You remember when everyone's trying to get signed to Machinima? And <laughs> yeah, it didn't do good. A lot of people spinned off of it. Oh, man. Uh, Call of Duty. Man. Do people still Dude. watch Call of Duty? They probably do. I, what am I the saying? new one is is coming out with a lot of hype and numbers behind it, as as usual. Yeah. Hype man. Modern Warfare, no subtitle, no number, just Modern Warfare 2019. Um, I'm gonna go far back for this one, mm. and maybe maybe modify the question a bit and talk about your early memories of internet communities, because I I have a weird one. There was a uh, Jedi Knight Two clan that I was involved <laughs> with. Why wouldn't you join my clan? Because you never invited me until like a, a minute ago. <laughs> ah, you see, you had to change your tune because you did get an invite. A minute ago? 12, 10, p okay, 50 minutes ago. What? Because you didn't send me an invite until less than an hour ago. Anyways, um, yeah, I was involved with the Jedi Knight 2 clan that uh, had someone in the group who died. And oh. there was also a girl in the group who was secretly married to someone in the forums and they didn't tell anyone until later and it was a big deal for some reason I couldn't understand. <laughs> there was also a really, really, really good map maker in the group who was a graphic designer and I was really impressed that they had a terabyte hard drive at the time. This was in like 2003. Yeah. Whoa, a terabyte hard drive in 2003 is insane. 
they invited me to a LAN party in North Carolina, and my mom wouldn't let me go, and I didn't really want to go anyway at the end of the day, and that's how I rationalized it. <laughs> Things could have changed for you if you went, man. You never know. Imagine how different my life would have been if I went to that land party in North Carolina in 2003. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, man. I miss forums. You miss what? Forums. Yeah. I, I mean, Reddit, I got to say, is pretty good. I have it's recently dived into same. it. And I, I mean, I mostly just read. I don't really interact, but... Oh my God! Some really good stories <laughs> on there. Really good stories. Yeah, but do you know if they're real? I mean, does it like, matter gotta, at you, the end of the day? Does it matter? I I think so because kids are growing up thinking it's real. You think people are just making up stuff and posting it online? No, of course. Who wouldn't do that? No. Who but, would go on the internet and lie like that? But, <laughs> but I don't. You're saying like everything. Okay, slash our relationship stories, I feel, have like a 20% chance of being fabricated. Slash our am I the asshole stories, I feel you're bumping into like the 40% territory. Mm -hmm. Slash our teenagers, slash our insane parents, slash our raised by narcissists, I feel is bordering into complete fiction. That, that like basically kids practicing writing for s storytelling, for, for that sort of material like a lot of it regularly gets debunked you find out it's copy pasta from some other forum a year ago and what's the difference between reddit now and forums back then okay so oh boy reddit, forums have... forums are a bit more tight-knit reddit so they wouldn't lie I... sea of millions no no they would lie you just had more of a name and a signature and a little yeah picture you could attached call out that name. bullshit a lot easier and and it was harder to make a new account and uh, go through that whole process of, of building up your personality again. There wasn't a voting system. Like, threads would bury old content if it was good, and you would have to keep the link around by word of mouth rather than the votes uh, bringing the cream to the top. But, <laughs> man, over the past 10 years, like, I have seen the demographic of Reddit shift to teenage boys in a way that I am not... Not you, quite sure I approve you, of. Like, remember how I was talking about slash our teenagers and slash our raised by narcissists and slash our insane parents are so popular now? And and who would do that other than someone who still lives with their kids? But, but there's so much other Ooh, stuff out there. That's not the only thing that's in Reddit, though. I know, but the... Like, the, abandoned the, porn, the, right? The most... That's like the most opposite Ooh, of what you're like talking about. I do like the porn about. subreddits. Yeah, no. The subreddits where you just post a creepy or cool looking picture. Like landscape porn, I don't think ever really went bad. Oh, slash our dank memes is shit. Ever since the 9-11 jokes got in. That's the thing. You can tell if someone's a kid on the internet. Well, I don't know if you can or not. But it's a good gauge by like how offensive they find 9-11. Because like, you know, we, we probably, we knew people who who d died like we had family friends and stuff like that's a real tragedy for people who lived through it mm -hmm. but for kids who didn't that's history for them so it's easier for them to joke about and that's 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 how you no. can tell a demographic shift has occurred uh, adults joke about 9-11 too a lot of well i'm sure they don't do it as much i guess it's the way they do it i guess i mean i haven't 
personally made any jokes, but <laughs> at least I don't think so. But I, I think I, I probably would make a joke if it's like really good. I don't know. Like it, it's, but the thing is, like I don't know if you can't joke about something, then it'll just remain this like sore subject forever. You gotta laugh. Yeah, but there's there's something different from the maturity of the presentation when when the joke is that you're watching a YouTube poop and they they oh, splice no. in footage no, of the plane different. hitting the tower. Yeah, it's probably the way you do yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's yeah, you're having like, a conversation. You can, you can with tell someone. someone's maturity yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah, that that's a bit childish. That's like childish comedy. Really childish comedy there. YouTube so groups. for some reason, maybe it's just my insecurity and projection. I feel like forum users leaned older and Reddit users lean younger. Definitely YouTube audiences lean younger. Like this is this is part of the statistics. I can look at my analytics for that. Everyone lies about their age on the internet anyway. I don't so think I don't really think know. that matters now, truly, but back back when we are talking about fond memories of you know, gaming drama or, or at least early fringes of the gaming communities online. It was all forums. Like mm-hmm. Newgrounds, even Newgrounds was basically just a giant forum with links to profiles of videos and games <laughs> and stuff. Speaking of edgy, immature kids. Yeah, like, Newgrounds, Newgrounds is where... Newgrounds really, really broke those new grounds on the internet, huh? Newgrounds was incredible at the time, and I, I, I have very fond memories of being a member of uh, Bleach HQ, the number one Bleach anime forum. Oh, man. I was obsessed with that show and that forum and the friends I made on that forum, not of them i have any idea who they were or what they did but talking about bleach and video games all day long that was a great time that's the beauty of it this was because it was lovely i guess like knowing someone for real kind of destroys the magic (laughs) (laughs) shut up dude (laughs) I, i think the line there is account creation if it takes longer than 90 seconds to make an account that steers away a lot of trolls that otherwise would just quickly make a 15-second account and do whatever got them banned last time. Oh, and remember, there's something awful forums always had a $10 paywall, and that would that would uh, steer it away, too, from from trolls abusing the, the system. But yeah, yeah you, no, got, you got places like, well, NeoGAF was, you know, turned out the way it did, but... Because of forum drama! Yeah, but that had a pretty rigorous uh, registration sign-up. You couldn't use emails from, you know, places like Gmail or Hotmail or uh, Yahoo. You couldn't use standard emails. You had to use very specific, you know, I I had to use my at SuperBunnyHop account for it. Yeah. But that didn't really work in the end. (laughs) Oh, well. That was fun. I have I have fun memories of forums. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. drama. I didn't remember too much of that. Apart from one specific website I was uh, a member of once that the day the day kim.com kind of had police swarming his mansion in New Zealand or wherever the hell it was that that melted this specific website and uh that was pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, are you still talking about the bleach forums? No. (laughs) 
If only. If only it was that simple. No, I'm not. Oh, man. It sounds like you're obfuscating something. I'm not going to mention know, the website. The, the Kim.com was, was well, I, I think the raid was an egregious example of, of U.S. foreign policy bullying over a country's sovereignty over their treaties. But the website he managed was, was known for, for, for hosting, uh, you know, like, like Juarez and, and shady pirate stuff. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But Stop you still brought it up. Fucking knock. Uh, should we move on to the last question? Oh, are we still doing this? 